what, three years ago, I think, two, three years ago with Vegas was Blue? Was it during the pandemic? Was it yeah, before? It was, I think it was 2020 that we did it. 2020. So, yeah, we were, I can't even remember. It's a blur, you know. But uh, yeah. Years become more and more a blur, right? <laughs> I know. I know. It's crazy. So Vegas Blue, this was like the second album of you doing amazing work uh, and giving back because that was also after what happened in Vegas with a shooting. And yeah. so, and prior to that was Wounded Warriors that you did an album for, right? And so this is a three, like a three set of goodness. Yeah, yeah, I did. And and in between uh, Wounded Warriors and Vegas Blue, I did an album called uh, Guitars for Veterans. So, Oh, that's uh, right too, yes, yeah. <laughs> So um, uh, for Four. the veteran kind of the trio, uh, okay. this third one in in uh, in the in the line of them, and uh, I really enjoy giving back to the uh, veterans. Where did it start for you with doing that? I mean, and, and even the music is it's kind of interesting because you do all kinds of music, jazz. And you're you're an, what three time Emmy award winner. Um, yeah. You've done so much for TV. I mean, from Seinfeld to. CSI, all kinds of things, but in jazz, a lot of jazz. And then here we are going heavy metal, but I always said heavy metal and jazz are connected. They they are. They are. They are. You know, it's very funny to bring that up. It is kind of jazz was kind of like the revolutionary music of its time, you know, and of course, metal is that of, you know, later times. And, and both, they use uh, really good musicians, really like... Uh, live instruments um which is it's true they are very they're very similar you know i started out with jazz because i did instrumental music and at the time uh rock instrumental was kind of taking a uh a back burner to everything so i went into jazz because really the, the jazz that they were playing was kind of like you know really uh, instrumental adult contemporary jazz so and and I and I felt I could relate to that, and I I felt like I could compose that. So it's uh, it, it is definitely a connection between the jazz and the heavy metal. Um, mm -hmm. You know, completely different styles of music, however, but the same same kind of um, I think uh, spirit to them. Yeah, there's there's a spirit to it. It's it's a freedom in a way. Yeah, there is freedom. Yeah, and a jam. You yeah, have to have a jam in there. Right, yeah. exactly. That's what you need. You know, a lot of improvisation on both. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, if you don't have improv in music, like, shoot me, like, just put me away. And like, I shouldn't say I, that on a veteran show. But, yeah. you know, it, it, but I mean it. It's like, you've got to have that fluidity. And I think when, you know, listening to the album, that's, you're doing this amazing work. Uh, not only are you you're raising awareness to amazing causes. And I think what Fisher House uh, with this album, what you're doing for, I, I want to talk about them too and have you back on for a Memorial Weekend and do sure. something with them. And, and any of, you know, to us, I think, I know a lot of veterans and sometimes they don't actually know about all the programs that are there. Families too. Um, when, when, you're, when you're knee deep in stuff, sometimes you don't see everything. And so whatever we can do to let people know and families know and friends know is important, but this is, this is really good, badass music that people need to hear. So that's, it's something to me when I was listening to the album, um, it's not, it's just well, like, I hate to use the word curated, 
They're not a playlist. It is an album that is just really something that you kind of feel like it's sometimes you're in war and then there's some calm and then it's like, okay, some craziness is in there. It feels like a life of a soldier and what they've gone through physically and emotionally at different parts of their service and life and even maybe coming home. That yeah, just- That's exactly, I'm glad you like it because that's, that's kind of what I tried to take people on a journey on, yeah, on yeah. with the record. And the whole thing started, my dad was in World War II. He's a veteran from World War II. And then wow. I was, I was in um, uh, ROTC in college. And uh, even though I didn't stay with it, I, I, I always had a huge respect for it. And, you know, growing up, in New York City in the 70s. Wait, all- wait, wait. Did you stop because they're going to make you cut your hair? I just <laughs> had, to, I had to do that. <laughs> I actually went to boot camp and everything. They cut my hair and everything. But that was that was a long time ago. But yeah, it, it actually, you know, in the 70s, when I saw all the Vietnam veterans and, and living, you know, so poorly in the city and in the subways, the streets, and no one seemed to really relatively care about this. So... I thought, you know, you know, musically, we could do something towards bringing attention to it. Mm. But what about for them, for for our military folks who hear it? To me, there is something even greater on that. I mean, there's the programs and everything, but there's something about uh, veterans get and those who are serving now hearing the music and making that connection with the album. I make the connection because. You know, we Nancy and I have lived around the world. We've been through all kinds of things from hurricanes to bombs to shootings to all kinds of stuff. It sounds weird, but it's true. Um, yeah. When you travel, stuff That's happens, you, right? Um, but but um, we do military shows every first Monday with uh, author Mike Wardy, who's an amazing military historian who served in the military, written 25 books. And um, it's amazing, like, what he's done. Um and in driven tanks i'm like dude seriously you did the tanks but um you know he we've done all these shows and he's and we've lived in military communities we have friends in service and there is a it's it's a lifestyle that i think sometimes if you don't you're not touched and connected in we don't understand it as civilians and that music bridges that gap and there's there's songs that kind of get you through war i remember and and you've got the purple heart at the end of the album right um, yes so i played purple haze and i'm not saying it's 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 like purple haze but there was just something in it just kind of got me and of course purple heart you know is a, an entirely it's, it's a badge of honor for someone you know and sure. i remember drive we we lost you know so much in in fires as a community in san diego we went through these huge fires a year and a half of things burning down and evacuations seven evacuations in that time frame and not just us but our friends and then getting them clothes and you know and i went and do all the photography of burned down homes of our friends for insurance and then here comes the fights of insurance companies i watched our little mountain town go down and i remember we had to evacuate all the way to Southern Arizona oh, wow. to be able to, that's how far, cause California was on fire. Like it was, it was a cedar fire back. This was way back when it was the biggest one at the time. And um, everybody was fleeing. That's how far we went. We had friends and family out there and we were told our house was burned down, but it wasn't, 
Oh, and we was come it? back. No, <laughs> thankfully. But it was November by the time we got home. We're driving through Cuyamaca National Forest and like the trees were burned and you didn't know what was burned, what was not. And it was all misty. And I remember playing Jimi Hendrix. And I have to say, because you, you look at your jacket. And yeah. I, I remember, and when I listened to Purple Heart, it took me there immediately. That's why I even have smoke in the background. I know it's not military, but military also helped us in so much in, in what happened with the recovery. But I remember driving through this forest that we had literally just hiked the day we had to evacuate. And there were azaleas blooming. I mean, it's crazy. And I was like, God, it feels like this is the closest I'll understand what Vietnam was like after something had happened, just yeah. driving through there. And then we got to our house. We have, of course, no electricity. And we're freezing our asses off. We're like, what are we going to do? Do we make a fire or not in the wood-burning stove? And if we make a fire, are they going to start a lot? You know what I mean? It was the yeah. craziest, craziest of times. But... Um, that song, that that song, Purple Heart, on on I don't know, it just it, it's everything to me. It is crazy. Oh, cool. Glad. Yeah, you know, I, I did uh, borrow Hendrix vibe from that, you know, in that song. Yeah, it's got a vibe, but it's it's it is your own, and I think that's what's so epic too, because you wrote all of these and yes, put all of this together, right? You produced yeah. it, you did all of this. That's right. So, yeah. So I'm I'm hoping people that listen and that do serve and their families have that immediate connection like I do. And I'm sure they will. I mean, God, it's such a good album. Holy cow. Thank you very much. Yeah. You, when you wrote it, did you think about the military listening or were you thinking of just people hearing it in general and raising the cause or what were you, as you were putting it together? Cause to me, I felt like you're in different paths. Like I said, in the beginning of, yeah. um, you know, I, I come, the way I kind of started it, it was, you know, I'd have a envision in my head uh, of like maybe, you know, like with the sound, uh, the speed of sound, I, I kind of thought, oh, well, you know, here's a, you know, maybe a, a desert storm in Iraq and, you know, soldiers trying to get back to safety and, and that kind of, uh, that kind of feeling, you know, so when I, when I initially uh, wrote it, I was kind of like looking added from maybe almost like a soldier's point of view, right. uh, how they would feel and how they would kind of get to safety and how all the emotions you would get through there. You know, I, when, when I, when I wrote, you know, like Luxor that had the same kind of, kind of thing. And that one was like kind of more in the, uh, like the Egyptian city of Thebes as a backdrop, you know, and, you know, like for this war zone and everything. And, uh, and some huge battle. And, and I felt like, you know, <clears throat> sometimes you have to put yourself in that position somehow to channel like what a soldier, what does it feel like, how it go, you kind of get in the zone, you know, and, mm -hmm. and kind of feel it out. So it was actually really, you know, kind of like a, uh, you know, um, a really cool experience. And of course, you know, you always have the, the listener in mind at the end to make sure that they're going to understand and and feel that journey as well. Mm. And that's and, what I said about uh, Purple Heart, listening to that, and when we were driving through, and I went, oh, my gosh. Because of the way the smoke was still there, you didn't know what was on fire. Like, and we had driven through fire, but it was weird because, you know, was this little fire over here going to start a new one? And yet it was that smoke rising up. And trust me, I know about fire now. But um, I... 
I could like envision people in the forest. Like, you know what I mean? Like after a bomb or something had happened. And yeah. that's where my mind went, like just theatrically as we were driving through. And yet a million mixed emotions in milliseconds. And I think that's something that's interesting about this album. So you've got these emotions and then at the same time, it's the millisecond that you're capturing. That it's, it's interesting because you're, you're, you're trying to capture that exact moment. Yeah, know? yet heart beating, but then yeah. you've got to have the calm. So there's that, because if you're going through any kind of war or battle, you're still going through that in, in your own person while you're yeah. doing it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's true. Yeah, because you got to you have to put yourself into a psyche for that whole that whole thing. So it's uh, wow. And, you know, put yourself in his own. You know. And did be able did to... you watch any movies to to kind of grasp the feeling? Yeah, you or know, read I, books or like these anyway. So you know, I I kind of like you know. I think at the time I was like watching uh, Apocalypse Now again, and and uh, and uh, you know when. We were soldiers and some old jobs. Oh, when we were soldiers, and, and just kind of getting, you know, the feel of, of the way they, they those. All right, you're cutting out there a little bit. So you were talking about watching movies. Yes, I would. Uh, Mel Gibson, when we were soldiers, uh, mm -hmm. I, I watched that. I watched, uh, you know, Apocalypse Now, Platoon. Um, Hamburger Hill. Also, you know, oh my God, uh, yeah, you know, all of these really cool films that kind of get you into the vibe. And you know, one of my favorite games to play is Call of Duty. Anyway, so you know, I kind of, you know, I kind of like zone out on that like once a week you know, <laughs> on the couch, kind of play. You were talking about uh, when we were soldiers, and I was telling about Mike Guardia on our first Monday show. Mike Guardia wrote his biography with him. So there's oh, the biography, and then he wrote his, he met Hal Moore, and then he's got three books out on him now. And we actually went to Hal Moore's museum in Bardstown, Kentucky. We're driving around with a, a, a friend of ours who is in tourism. She's like, oh, we're on the, you know, the whiskey trail, the bourbon trail in Kentucky. We're like, oh, yay. And then we're, Nancy's going, hey, we're on Hal Moore Parkway. Stop the car. Call Mike. And literally, we went to his house. We, we didn't go in because it's someone that's living there, his childhood home, and went to this museum that is amazing. And there's Mike's books. And Mike's been on our show for years. I mean, years. And I'm, I'm going, Mike, your book's here. He goes, I know. I went there, you know. And so it is amazing. But when we were soldiers, I mean, and we did all these interviews with him on Hal Moore and we'd never seen the movie until like a, maybe a year ago. And then oh, I'm yeah. watching the movie going, man, Hal Moore was a badass. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah, that is. That's a, that's a, that's a great movie, you know? Yeah. I mean, but it's, when it's something based on true story and when you read, read his books, I'm like, wow, that's a, that's a thing though, that I think that that's what's so cool about what you're doing with the music. I, are you looking at some point for this to be, in movies because i know you do so much tv and, and and movie work that because you have that drama feel that's why i said it's like you've got this expand like the sound can expand and slow yet you have the millisecond going it's that weird tempo you've i don't know how to explain it but you have that animalistic vibe of what's going on in survival you're bringing survival to the forefront 
as a human being, like when, you know, like anybody could peep out of those bushes at any time and get you, but you're going to have to make that step forward. You've got that battle vibe. So I, I hope this, you know, this album goes out into film because it, it's yeah, there. Yeah, I think it do very well in film. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that would definitely cool. Know, a, a, a very cool place for it. Yeah, yeah, no, I think it is, it would, it would make it for sure. So tell us about your brothers in arms and getting them all in, did, because the album does not sound like the pandemic Zoom Skype recordings together. Yeah. It's got like, even though it's some hard material, like it's hardcore, it's got a warmth to it that it just, it, like in the drums and it just feels, it just feels good. Yeah, I, I did this like a, a proper record. I did, I have a, a full recording studio. So I, I recorded this all on analog tape too. And no. like, like the drums, the bass, guitars. And I just tried to get everything, you know, like a record. Like it sounds warm. It sounds, you know, I don't, I don't like digital. I mean, digital is fine and I use it as well. I use them together. So that way uh, you get the boast of, uh, the best of both worlds and for, for drums and rock and metal and all that I mean tape loves that so mm. I think that uh, you know I used them both so first I did all that on tape then I um, transferred it over to like Logic and Pro Tools and then you know okay. during the pandemic since everybody was kind of locked down they would send me their tracks and I would man and then I you know, on the final mix is I mixed it down to quarter inch tape and they mastered it right off the tape. No way. Yeah. Like, like tape, 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 tape. Yeah. I oh did my that God. Still analog tape. And that's, that's, I think accounts for a lot of the warmth on the album because of the, uh, uh, like the drums and the bass and all of that, you know, guitars, you know, I put them all on tape and that, that makes a big difference, you know, because okay, it does. Yeah. Um, on digital when you when you do it for this well, it's of. the same as photography the digital yeah. photography is so great you can take twenty thousand photos and it, half of them are all the same um but then when you look at you know photography on film there's this oh, i yeah. don't know it's more nature you know especially black and white the black and whites have this whole other like movement and vibe to them right and so what i'm wondering is are we going to run out of tape like I know that's a stupid question, but I don't think it is. When I think about it, are we going to run out of these materials uh, for film and for audio and and all of that? You know, there's a place that still makes audio tape in Europe. Um, and there's one place here, ATR in, in America, and it's the old MTech that's in uh, Europe that makes it, I think, in the Netherlands. So, um they that's actually, always Holland doing it, man. Come on. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And yeah, they 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 have their their uh, their whole vibe going with. Oh, them. they know how to roll things. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was a bad joke, but they do <laughs> know how to roll things and and that. Uh, make everything. You know, um, I'm not sure about. You know how film does uh if they still if they're all digital or they they're doing any film that's actually on a you know to, you know actually using film stock any longer um but the black back to the black and white the black and white is 
there's all sorts of shadows and things that come in when you have those old pictures that you can't get digitally, you know. It's almost like it's too clean. And then you Photoshop it to the point. So it's like Photoshop and Pro Tools, right? Yeah, right, right, right. That's why I like analog because I don't, you know, you, you do the performance and you do it and that's it. And you don't have to edit a million things and copy and paste and hit the space bar and all that. So, you know, I like the real buttons, record, and, you know, re rewind and using tape and that's your performance and that's it, you know. And now, so do that, you work that way all the time or is I it work, specifically for this album? I work for that when I do records. So when I do, uh, you know, all the albums I do, it's, it's done that way. For film and television, because things change so much and the people want changes and they come back to you, um, I do that all basically digitally because it's just easier to recall the songs and to, if they didn't like a certain piece of what they might like that piece somewhere else, then, you know, you're, it, it's just with ease, you know, you do that. Well, you know, it's changed so much to digital, like when we talk about digital going to theaters now, we did a um, an interview at the Galaxy Theater in Tulare, which is a agricultural community outside Sequoia National Park, you know, so, you know, we do parks and public lands as one of our main things. That's why we travel full time. And they're like, you've got to go into this Galaxy Theater. And you've been there twice. And the first time you went in and your seats are moving to the sound of the film. And the film, I mean, the screen's huge and you're vibrating and doing all these cool things. I'm like, well, this sounds good. Give me a glass of wine. This is fantastic. Yeah. But then the second time we went, was this audio explosion like all i'm going to say we're going to have smell a vision soon it's coming um oh. the sound like you it wasn't like you're moving your seat to the race car you're you're feeling the vibrations of the sound of the soundtrack of the film and so i was wondering if that changes for you as you write things and scores or are they just amplifying it but you sitting in your chair, they're they're giving you those vibrations. So when like someone's, so let's go back to the Vietnam scene in the forest, like, okay, here's all the smoke rising and people maybe, you know, sneaking around. So you could hear that one twig snap, but not just hear it, you feel it like, oh crap, it was my boot that stood yeah, on that twig. So I'm wondering how that's gonna change for you in production and in writing scores, it's gotta be kind of like, or are they just taking what you've written and amplifying it on their end? Yeah, they're they're amplifying it on their end. Plus, you know, as far as the, the special effects and the twig and sound effects, they put that in post afterwards and then they okay. uh, audio sweeten the whole thing then. So okay. I like, and, and especially if they're doing it in surround sound or something. Okay. Now, can we talk about the Hounds of Hell on sure. the album? Everybody, again, brothers in arms, you got to go get this. So BrianTarquin.com is where people can go, right? You can stream it, but we want proceeds to go to Fisher's House, right? Yeah. So where's the best place for people to buy the album? So that Dude, it helps. They can go to all the DSPs. So they can go to Apple and Napster and, and all of those. They can download it from... Uh, you know, uh, Amazon and Apple. There will there is a physical CD that will be available on Amazon, oh, wow. and um, that um, and then of course everybody see everybody streams today, so it's a whole different 
it's a whole different ball game when you're 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 doing this because you know you go through all the trouble of getting it to really sound exactly the way you want it but it, you know streaming you know kind of cuts down the quality of it so uh you know it's it's a weird it's a weird thing you know but yeah yep. i guess that's the way people digest music at this point so nobody I just really want people to listen to the whole album you know, yeah. I understand hearing like when we play, you know, Speed of Sound in the beginning, we're going to play, you know, uh, okay, wait, I, uh, I know we're going to play the other one, but I had all these other ones, Kiss My Ex, oh, we have to play Kiss My Ex, just that is, we have to, that's a badass yeah. song too, and that's it's fun, fun to say, but, um, oh, I love that song. But to me, I just want people to hear the whole thing through, and I want to lose that. Yeah, because you put it, you put this album together in a sequence. It's kind of like you know listening to Pink Floyd, but one song off of like you know you, the wall. No, dude, no, uh, yeah, or, or, no. or uh, Dark Side of the Moon or something. You got to listen to no. in sequence. It's like only watching a clip of a movie and said you've you've heard the movie. Oh, watch yeah. the movie. Yeah, you can't a, you can't just watch one scene or read one chapter of a book. Yeah, you can't. You've got to read the whole thing, watch the whole thing, listen to the whole thing, and yeah. you'll repeat it. I mean, to me, this album, you've got to go from the beginning to the end. That's it. Like, it's all kind of this flow. And But The Hounds of Hell, like, that to me was like one of the most epic songs on the album. Tell us about that, because you have a whole orchestra backing you. Yeah, I was, you know, that's actually one of my favorite songs on the record. So it, it's, uh, I, yeah. I, you know... I actually got the Budapest Orchestra to record the strings live. And that was a whole new process for me because I don't really work with orchestras. So I had to get, um, I had a temp track in there, just a, you know, a temp string track in there for, for just to write the song and to, to base everything around it. And then, um, you know, I had to get charts done and send it down and they, you know, they recorded in Budapest. And uh, when they sent it back, it was just amazing to have all these tracks. You know, I had, like for instance i had like this huge pro tools uh session with like you know 100 tracks on it with you know violin first string violins and oh trailers. my god it was crazy it, but but it was a really it was very interesting to work that way and uh and then the mixing it was you know kind of a challenge because you kind of have to track wrangler you know what i mean with everything and make sure what you want up front what you don't want and and uh, but it was it was it was really a, a, a very cool thing because I really wanted to take somebody on a journey on that one. That one was, you know, yeah, you know yeah. on a base. Uh, I just wish we could play the whole album now. Like, I just want to play the yeah. whole thing. But it's like because it, it's true. And, and imagine I, when you're saying like 100 tracks, I was working with 10 tracks the other day and I'm like, crap, which one is this? Like, no, like, no, I don't want to do this. Somebody else has to do this. This is yeah, too, it's, it, it's <laughs> intense to even you've got to name your files and then it's like wait no this oh talk about milliseconds like yeah yeah and that's the thing when you fly it in you gotta be absolutely sure positive everything lines up and and uh, as a guest guitarist on that one i got this 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 young guy from he's a german guitarist named uh johannes week and okay, he's from yeah. and he's from this band called son of a bach it's a, it's a hilarious band they that's dress funny. up they dress all up like am you know amadeus basically and they they uh it's just a trio and they just rock out uh uh you know with these stockings and these wigs and you know from the <laughs> from the 17th or the uh, 18th century it's hilarious but um he's a great guitarist so i had him on a couple tracks that one in d-day too 
So it, it's, uh, I, I was really happy because, you know, it, it's funny. I had worked with that song, Hounds of Hell, for a long, for, for a while with the temp tracks in. But then when I brought the, the real tracks of the, uh, of the orchestra, I was like, wow, this is taking a whole nother level at this point because the, the strings were so clear and clean and, and just everything, everything about it was was, oh, was, man. I, I, I love it because it's just it's the just the dynamics. I mean, that's the thing I think that's so cool because heavy metal, too, and the hard rock, heavy, whatever anybody wants to call things it to me, it's like sometimes you can lose dynamics so quickly in, yeah. in being loud and, and full of speed. Yeah. And so and that's not what music is about. It's about having the dynamics and the feeling and the emotion. And you've really brought it in this album. Like to me, that's the, the thing. That's what I always listen for. Am I going to stick to it? Oh, it's just speed and no, like you've lost the melody. You've lost. It's well, yeah. that's the thing. You know, you got to be careful too with instrumental music because you'll lose people really fast. Mm -hmm. If you, if you, you know, take too extreme of a view. Oh, yeah, I always forgot. Yeah, too. It's instrumental. Yeah, that's. But to me, it's like you've got you're you're taking us on like you said a journey, and some of it's a roller coaster. Like holy hell, what just happened? That's awesome. <laughs> but like, and look at the talent you have on this. So and they, you've been working with these guys for a while. Like pretty much most of them, right? Joe Satriani. I mean, come on, this, you've got some yeah, great guy. You know, I I met I have a, a radio show, a weekly radio show in Florida on WFIT, and I called Guitar Track. So I interview a lot of the guitarists and. That's how Joe and I met and how we, we kind of uh, built up a camaraderie. And Joe was great, you know, and and uh, he really was, uh, you know, very wonderful and kind to, to donate his time because of him being so busy and everything. So it's uh, I was really happy with the guests, you know, and, and what everybody, you know, everybody, you know, it was the first time. I worked with Vinnie Moore for Kiss My Axe, and that was great. It was a great experience as well. And so it was, um, you know, and some people that I've worked with before and some new people. So it was it was actually really good. I always like to try to get new blood on each album. So, you don't, you know, kind of use the exact same people. But it's, uh, yeah, yeah. but it, it was a good one. This one was uh, really, I'm proud of this one. Oh, you should be. I think you should be proud of all your music. Do you, when you compose, just going back to the movies and everything, do you see visuals in your head when you're composing? Like, have you ever painted? Because I feel like you could paint. Yeah, I did paint. You know, my mother was a um, an abstract artist in New York during the okay. uh, 50s and the 50s. And she, uh, um, and she was, her name was Pema Brown. And she, she did a lot of, a lot of modern art. And she was kind of in that circle with uh, Jackson Pollock and everybody. Okay, that's cool. Yeah out in the village and so um and she had a lot of showings like at the world's fair in 64 and and uh, uh i think one of her pieces called um ambush in november is hanging in the uh uh central library of john f kennedy oh in, this in is so Boston. weird this is what we, we and uh, so i i i I was just going to say, it's so weird that you're talking about that because the interview I just recorded that's airing a couple days before you is on presidential portraits. And one of them is about JFK, painting of JFK, which was done by de Kooning. Um, I was going to say Elaine or Ellen, but it's de Kooning. She was um, Pollock's wife. And it was an abstract 
this painting we were talking about, an abstract oh, wow. of JFK, which I think is, you know, that's a sign of the times, right? That's what we were talking about. It's like, here's all these presidential portraits. Are they regal? Are they oil? Or are they abstract or digital? You know, so that's funny about your mom in that time frame. That's exactly what we were talking about. On oh, the how funny. That's great. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, I get, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I used to like to paint, but I knew I couldn't paint. And so I knew that my calling was music and not painting. But I always have a picture, paint a picture in my head uh, yeah. that that I could do that. I really, you know, when I start to compose, I, I see a scene and everything kind of like coming together and and uh, a certain place. And, you know, I'm not when I do it, I'm not even conscious that I'm doing it. It's just yeah. when I start playing and start composing, it will just pop in my head. Yeah. You know, not even do you, trying to do, think do you compose it. on guitar always? Usually, most of the time, yeah. Most of the time I do. Um, sometimes on the jazz stuff, I may do, you know, I may do it on keyboard. But uh, for the most part, uh, the guitar is, is where I compose everything. Sweet, sweet. Love yeah. what you're doing. I'm so glad you could join us again. And hopefully Memorial Weekend, we're going to be doing some shows, special I, shows, uh, just talking. But you got to come back for that, right? And um, know, uh, you know, time and days and that we can do it. Absolutely, everyone. We're going to be doing that in conjunction with our friends over at the Lion and the Rose Bed and Breakfast. Go to lion-rose.com for them because what they do is they give away um, a day for military every Veterans Day, a, a, a oh. room for a veterans uh, couple. Um, they bake their the soldiers' angels is what they what they do where they bake for soldiers and all these bed and breakfasts. Our friends at Tiffany's Bed and Breakfast. We do a lot with bed and breakfast, but. Um, because they're independent and they can do stuff. It's fun being independent. And uh, they, but they bake for, you know, soldiers out in the field and bake and ship them brownies and cookies. And come on, who doesn't want that? You know, when you're out in the field, that's like, oh, in the sand. I mean, you know? God, like a treat, you know, to get something from home and especially like cookies and brownies and things brownies, like that. yeah not just like here's a snickers bar that we know right. m&ms m&ms that were made for the military so they wouldn't melt in your pockets right hey, exactly I, yeah. I still love we still love the m&ms so we're going to be doing a whole memorial day weekend show um just really honoring veterans and those who have served and passed on uh so because it is memorial day but we're going to close with kiss my axe uh with brian and vinnie moore uh, Brian, it is a pleasure to have you back on the show. We'll talk to you again soon. So everyone, Brian Tarquin is the place to go. Uh, BrianTarquin.com, excuse me, is the place to go. But thank you so much. Thank you so much.